Well, this weekend, we have a special guest. I think it's important uh, for us to hear from diverse voices as we engage the scriptures. So our speaker this weekend is Tariq Ouris. He works for Operation Mobilization in the country of Pakistan, which is the second largest Muslim country in the world, with a population of over 200 million people. Tariq is married to Angelina. They have three children. And I think we've got a picture. She's up here in the front row. Welcome. Great to have you with us. Uh, Angelina is um, an educator and gives free Christian education to over 3,000 children, which is, is incredible. Her husband, Tariq, is a teacher, a preacher, and a writer based in Lahore, Pakistan. He studied in the UK and serves as a principal at the Full Gospel Assembly's Theological Seminary, one of the largest theological schools in the country. He's also a spokesman for the Full Gospel Assemblies of Pakistan, with a denomination of over 300 churches. So we're really excited to welcome him today. Good morning. It is such a great privilege and honor for my wife Angelina and me and our three children to spend this weekend with you in the beautiful state of Wisconsin, the cheese state, all the way from Lahore, Pakistan. My wife, she loves cheese. Our five-year-old daughter, Shekinah, she loved cheese until last evening. When I told her that I was going to tell the church that my daughter loves cheese and we are in the cheese state, she said, Papa, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> so, so thank you so much, Pastor Mike, for uh, having me speak at your church. Thank you so much, Pam, for arranging uh, this visit. And uh, the text for today's sermon is 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 18 to 25. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 25. This is what the Word of God says. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs 
and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Amen. And the title of this talk based on this scriptural passage is Message of the cross. Message of the cross. Paul seeks to address and heal the disunity in the Corinthian church in this letter. In the context of healing a divided church... We have this beautiful description of the awesomeness of the message of the cross that reconciles people to God and to one another. Before we look into this text and unpack a few points, the question before us this morning is what did the cross achieve? What is the actual message of the cross? And Paul answers this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 1 to 4. And here I will read verse 4. Message of the cross, the gospel is that he, Christ, was buried. Actually, we'll read from verse 3. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day. According to the scriptures, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is good news for the world, both Jews and Gentiles, in the first century and in the 21st century. This is the message of the cross But how can we understand it? What happened when Christ died for us? Let's try to understand it with some scripture-based analogies. One analogy of the cross is military. On the cross, Jesus fought a battle against all the forces of evil. These forces include the devil, 
the sinful world, sins committed by people, and death itself, the ultimate result of sin. And by his death, and then through his resurrection, Jesus claimed victory over evil. His resurrection is a declaration and evidence of his victory. We were prisoners of war in the great war between God and evil. But the victory of Jesus rescues us from prison and puts us on the winning team. Another analogy of the cross is rescuing what was lost. C.S. Lewis adapted this metaphor by describing Jesus as a diver who descends to the bottom of a muddy pond to unearth a treasure. The diver becomes thoroughly dirty, digging in the bottom of the pond. But when he ascends to the surface, he carries his treasure with him. So Jesus humbled himself, became a man obedient to death, even death on the cross, to claim us as his treasure. Through, though we were buried in sin and evil, Jesus takes us out of the mud through his own suffering and death. In his resurrection, Jesus lifts us, us also to a new life in a perfect new creation. One more analogy of the cross is of delivering justice in a court of law. All humans, both Jews and Gentiles, have sinned and are under God's judgment. God is holy. His holiness demands justice against sinful humanity. But God is also love. His love wants to forgive and save sinners from divine judgment. Cross is the point where God's mercy and holiness meet. God's judgment against sin fell upon Jesus. And his love was poured out for humanity, you and me including so this beautiful, saving, rescuing, victorious message of the cross, the shocking thing is, was seen as foolishness by first century Corinthians and Jews. And that's why in verse 18, Paul sets out a dramatic contrast between those who are perishing and those who are being saved. Message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being perished. The word perish here stands for definitive destruction. 
It refers to a person's current existence which is not authentically human and a future destiny of hopelessness, tribulation and stress for being separate from God. And the Greek word for foolishness is morea. English word moron comes from this Greek word morea. New Testament German scholar Martin Hengel thinks that the Greek word morea is much more intense than its English translation, foolishness. It should be translated as madness or insanity. Message of the cross is madness to those who are perishing. Now Paul specifically points out in verse 23... That message of the cross was foolishness to Gentiles. Remember that Corinth was a pagan city that prided itself on its intellectual and cultural life. They took pride in their wisdom, Sophia. Wisdom it's in its form and expression referred to philosophical, rhetorical, and literary eloquence and excellence. In contrast, message of the cross sounds messy and offensive and foolish. Why? Because crucifixion was not only a horrible death, It was also a shameful death. It was a death given to slaves, murderers, disgraced soldiers, political activists against the Roman Empire. Rome did not crucify its own citizens. It was illegal to crucify a Roman citizen. Crucifixion was never mentioned in polite society any more than we today would discuss over dinner the gas chamber or the electric chair. Thus, to the Gentiles, it was irrational, senseless, reckless, insane, absurd and crazy to believe that a man who died on the cross was the Lord, Savior and King of the world. And he called people to faithful obedience to himself. This wasn't a smart new philosophy. It was utter madness. It wasn't an appeal to high culture. It was news of an executed criminal from a despised race called Jewish people. And then in verse 23, 
we also find that the message of the cross was a stumbling block to the Jews. Greek word for the stumbling block here is skandalon, from which we get our English word scandal. Message of the cross was a scandal to the Jewish ears. It was something that grossly offended them because they looked for a Messiah who would come and triumph over their foes, not be executed by their enemies. A crucified Messiah was an oxymoron, a contradiction in terms. However, my friends, brothers and sisters, God has chosen to save the world through the cross, through the shameful and powerless death of the crucified Messiah. And if that shocking event is the revelation of the deepest truth about God's character, God's love, God's mercy and grace, then our whole way of seeing the world is to be turned upside down. All our values are to be transformed by the message of the cross. God refuses to play games of power and prestige on human terms. So how do you live your daily life? Perishing or living it out anchored in the message of the cross? Shaped by the message of the cross and led by the message of the cross? Rather than seeing the cross as foolishness, Paul declared, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Where do you stand in relation to Paul's stance on the cross? And that leads me to my second point, that... In verse 18, message of the cross is the power of God to those who are being saved. Being saved. Corinthians saw salvation as a mysterious and magical thing, thing that happens to the body and soul. You get snatched by the gods and saved from danger. In Paul's day, Jews viewed salvation as a matter of liberation of God's people from their enemies. But for Christ's followers, salvation is the liberating of the whole person from sin and its effects, including divine judgment. Personal salvation entails the transformation of an individual spiritually, morally, and intellectually so that the believer has a new worldview 
and a new capacity to be faithful to that world view enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit. This personal salvation is an event. We are saved. God has declared us righteous because of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. Doctrine of justification. Salvation is also an ongoing process. We are being saved. Believers are cleansed by Christ's blood, word and spirit as they confess their sins. This is called sanctification and believers will be saved. Salvation is our future destiny. We will be resurrected and granted a glorified and immortal body like Jesus' own upon his return. This is called glorification. And this salvation is not just personal. It is also cosmic. Whole creation will be renewed upon Christ's return. And the so-called wisdom of the world calls this salvation foolishness. But God's answer to the so-called wisdom of the world is to show them the power of the message of the cross. The Greek word for power here is dunamis, from which we get our English word dynamite. Message of the cross is, it's, is God's dynamite. For those who are being saved, this dynamite power of the message of the cross is manifested and demonstrated as men and women respond to the gospel. When announcement of the message of the cross is made, people discover to their astonishment that things change. Lives change, human hearts change, situations change, new communities come into being, consisting of people grasped by the message of the cross, believing it is true despite everything, falling in love with the God they find to be alive in Jesus Christ, giving their supreme loyalty to Jesus this can happen only because of God's power. Power of the message of the cross. And this is as true in the 21st century as it was in the 1st century. I am reminded here of Sadhu Sundar Singh who lived from 1889 to 1929. He was a traveling preacher from Punjab, modern day Pakistan and India. He was born into a wealthy Sikh family. His mother died when he was a teenager. He became deeply angry, burned a copy of the Holy Bible, would throw garbage at Christians when they worshipped. He became so restless that he resolved to commit suicide if God did not reveal himself to him. Night before he went to commit suicide, Jesus Christ appeared to Sadhu Sundar Singh in the same way he did to the Apostle Paul. That power of God's revelation 
transformed Sadhu Sundar Singh. He became a Christian, remained celibate all his life and walked mostly barefoot all over India, Pakistan and many parts of the world proclaiming the message of the cross. He was given the title, the, the apostle with the bleeding feet. Some called him Apostle Paul for India. And listen to what Apostle, uh, what Sadhu Sundar Singh said about the power of the cross. He said, from my many years experience, I can unhesitatingly say that the cross bears those who bear the cross. This is the power of the message of the cross. Are you feeling weak today? Spiritually, morally, intellectually, emotionally, physically, relationally, or in some other aspect of your life? Embrace the transforming, enabling, and comforting power of the cross This power was manifested in Christ and outpoured in the Holy Spirit for your redemption, your direction, protection, and final perfection at resurrection. And this message of the cross, my third point is the proclamation of Christ crucified. The content of the message of the cross is Christ crucified, according to verses 23 and 24, in the face of the Jewish and Greek demands for validating miraculous signs and eloquent wisdom, Christians preach a Christ crucified. This was a controversial claim in 21st century Corinth. And it is a controversial claim in 21st century America and Pakistan. But this crucified Christ challenges the church and the world at the same time. He challenges the church to proclaim his uniqueness and live countercultural lives. He challenges the world to bow before him and give up on their claim to self-sufficiency and human wisdom, which is an illusion, a lost cause. Do you preach Christ crucified through your words and works? Are you brave enough to correct yourself where needed and challenge your culture where necessary? Note what C.S. Lewis said. He said, Jesus did not tell his disciples to go into the world and say to them, it is all right. We are called to proclaim the whole counsel of God, being full of grace and full of truth. 
timeless gospel in a timely manner, being relevant and prophetic at the same time, focusing on growth without compromising over depth, declaring God's love without compromising over His holiness, discipleship of heart as well as mind, preaching Christ who is both a loving Savior and a righteous judge, who is both a lamb but also a lion, who was crucified but is also risen. We are called to preach the whole Christ, neither legalism nor antinomianism, but the assurance of the gospel of the crucified and risen Christ, neither escapism from the world, nor conformism to it, but striving for Christ-likeness in our everyday life. And my fourth and final point is that this message of the cross is the wisdom of God revealed in Christ. Verse 25 declares Jesus as the wisdom of God. One early church thinker, Lucian, called Jesus the crucified sophist. Jesus as God's wisdom means that he is pre-existent and is fulfillment of Old Testament passages about personified wisdom. Jesus as God's wisdom also refers to the post-existent Christ. He is both wisdom and sage for all times. And you know what? Christ crucified is the counter-wisdom to the wisdom claims of Corinthians in the first century and the wisdom claims of the 21st century world. This world of isms and ideologies. Secularism holds that religious faith and worship is to be rejected and excluded from public life. Postmodernism holds that nothing is absolutely certain, true and meaningful. Pluralism holds that all religions are equally true. Christ and his message of the cross are not unique and supreme. Materialism holds that all that is there is matter and worship of material belongings is okay. Relativism holds that there are no moral absolutes. Morality is dependent on culture and circumstances. Humanism holds that human beings' spiritual and emotional needs can be met without God. And humans are basically good. Consumerism holds that personal fulfillment and satisfaction can be achieved through buying goods. World religions teach that salvation can be earned through human moral effort and human worth lies in human moral and religious achievements. However, for Paul and the scriptures The ultimate wisdom is found in Christ crucified. 
he challenges and demolishes all of these isms because these isms and ideologies will perish but Christ is living and reigning forever and ever as T.S. Eliot wrote about human wisdom all our knowledge brings us nearer to our ignorance all our ignorance brings us nearer to death but nearness to death no nearer to god where is the life we have lost in living do you live according to god's wisdom revealed in christ crucified leading to life or do you live according to the world's wisdom leading to death the choice is yours let's pray father help us give us the power of your holy spirit to live according to the wisdom and power of the message of our lord jesus christ message of the cross which is both wisdom and power in jesus name amen amen